0: think it's Wednesday somewhere around the 24th of October. We're looking at the fruit of the Spirit and we look at the fruit of patience. So probably every one of us is finding our patience is being tested because that's the way it goes. Poor Sarah, she said to me last week, every time you teach on something I live it. So uh, that's how it usually is. And we saw that last week that the, that the fruit of the Spirit is indeed the nature of God. And it's by His grace that that nature is brought forth in us. There's nothing we can do except abandon ourselves to Him. And we were looking at the fact that abandonment is the key, or surrender, call it what you like, uh, to, the, to the Spirit, to work in us and through us, so that that fruit may come forth otherwise it will end up like those screwed up little pairs that we saw a couple of weeks ago. And the little diagram there about being transformed or metamorphosed is uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 really. Uh, because that word he's using there, transform, is literally metamorphose, which is the transformation from a um, chrysalis into a butterfly. So we get to choose where we're going to live, and where we choose to live is where we will walk in in life and in peace, and in joy and all the other fruit of the spirit. Because it's the nature of God coming through in us. So I just wanted to look first at the uh, Galatians five twenty two, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So we're looking at the fruit of patience, which is uh, in there somewhere. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, you can call that patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Each particular version of the Bible have got... um, different interpretations about how they describe the fruit of the Spirit, but it's the same thing. Some of you have got these little um, charts about the stairways and the process of God. Journey into God. Each established truth is a stair on a stairway, and only truth that is lived out can be added. And when the stairway is complete, it takes us from one level to the next and the whole process starts all over again everything begins and ends with his delight God's delighted with you, he loves you to distraction he adores you, didn't spare his own son everything begins and ends with his delight in you anybody not got one of these? you haven't have you? here we go anybody else want one? add one, you've all got those up, expect i will be over here so I really wanted to look a little bit this morning at the process that God will take us through in order to bring forth this fruit of the Spirit that we've been looking at. Because there is a process. And I've made some notes somewhere and these are not vague <laughs> Help me, Lord. Right. We've said that we saw last week that the fruit of the Spirit is the character of God himself, stamping his image on us, and we go in this um, stairway, in this cycle, from crisis to process, and it's a cycle, and it's uh, always begins and ends with God. So you could say that this cycle here about the chrysalis and the butterfly is a cycle of transformation or the transformation cycle. Uh, It helps us to know that nothing comes at us except he allows it, so it's got to be for our profit. And part of the process uh, is for us to stop screaming to get out of where he's got us at the moment we need to use it and grow in it and grow through it not just go through it or we'll find ourselves going through it again we looked at that. I've just moved into a different level and uh, everything as God showed me this morning is now a heightened level for me so everything that I've met and it will be for you wherever you are on the level below uh, is now bigger so the, I'm facing a bigger faith challenge I'm facing um, a bigger personal challenge on, on the level of, of patience and endurance and all the fruit of the spirit on every area on that level I'm going to be facing something bigger you remember Graham saying you've got to f- beat the devil on the level that you're on so you beat, a, meet a bigger devil on the next level and because God is going to make you as big as he is that is his determined intention as you go up a level to make you as big as that which is coming against you so that you grow into it you don't you're not daunted by it you see what it is the faith challenges that we are facing as a, as a as a ministry here are huge at the moment we're in a time of expansion we're going to need a lot of input to buy the the the, the equipment that we need and we haven't got it. But God is our supply. I don't know who I was talking to the other day, but we had Chris Larkin here last week. And she had said that uh, most of Graham's support when he was in this country came from America. Um, and Joyce repeated it to me during the course of the evening you know, most of Graham's support came from America when he was over here. And I said, no, it didn't. It might, that might have been the hand that that actually brought it to him but his support still came from God because if you start looking to someone for anything you're in for a disappointment unless you look to him as your source of supply he's going to make sure they let you down that's the way it works he's just going to make sure that they fall flat on their faces and that person that you thought was going to resource you or do whatever is just going to disappear like the morning mist because you've got your eyes on the wrong thing it's all about focus and the object on which we put our focus in these days we cannot get away from the fact that he is focusing us to such an extent that all we can see is him because if we're looking at something else we are diverted and distracted in our, as Graham said, our journey into the nature of God. Because His heart is for us to know Him and everything that comes against us is in order that we might know Him better. That is the purpose of it, to press us into Him like a jewel being pressed into a setting. That is the purpose, that we be pressed into Him. It may take you a little while to, like the weeble to, that wobbles, to, to g- get your equilibrium so that you can come to the place where you're pressed into him. And you can do it fairly quickly. <coughs> but any obstacle, any problem, anything, whatever it is, that will come out nicely, uh, uh, it is there, designed to press you into him because his total focus and purpose is that he might have a people for himself. We are not here to just live a life and enjoy our lives and then go to heaven when we die. We are here to prepare to reign and rule with Christ. And this is our time, like the same as Adam in the garden. He had test command, just the one. He failed it miserably. But when God takes us back into fellowship with himself through the cross of jesus his whole intent again is to have fellowship with us in the same way as he fellowship with adam in the garden because we're his people so he's all about that relationship he's not about right anything else he's not about ministry he could do it like that he didn't have a problem with that doesn't need us to do anything but in that relationship with him he allows us like children to make our little sand castles and build things and look daddy isn't that clever you know you make it all nice and then the sea comes in and washes it all away mm-hmm. which is all part of the process that he takes you through if you're in ministry you can be pretty certain Graham says he has this series of elegant tests that take you from one level lower you don't go higher That's the world. You go lower. You go from sonship into servanthood, (coughs) into friendship, into slavery. When you get promoted in God, the way is down. You become a greater servant to those around you. There is more of yourself being poured out of you to others. You become broken bread and poured out wine to feed the body of Christ around you. You don't become someone to whom everybody looks up and pays you a fat salary to do what you're doing. That is the world. That's the world's thinking. God's way is down. And right now when um, you remember when we were doing the weekend school and we uh, there was that kairos moment that moment where God broke in that I found so awesome and fearful that I knew something had shifted in the spirit and I think it was early in September when we had that I can't remember the dates but I think it was the first week in September this word was released by Chris Larkin on the 15th of August I hadn't seen it until last week Uh, I didn't release it last week because there was a line that was missing and I wanted to get it right before I shared it with you but this is the shift it's called Two Pathways as I was praying about the next season I felt strongly that what is coming is not a new season but a whole new era when God starts something new he turns his back on the old there's no way that we're going to be able to bolt what we've been doing onto what the new thing is. And those of us who are prophetic have been speaking about the fact that there's going to come a shift in the way we do church, it's going to be different, don't know what it is, and people have looked at us and thought, well, you know. But this is that. A time which is more significant than any other time on earth in terms of the church being shaken into the purposes of God. This shaking is happening all over the place in the church. People uh, are just like the weeble. We need to understand why it's going on and not try to hold on to the broken pieces as they're it's a bit like being in a rowing boat and suddenly it starts breaking up and you're trying to hang on to the sides. Seasons will merge as we move forward, just as the seasons on earth are being mixed up and weather patterns are surprising forecasters. So the church will begin to be unsettled as the winds of change begin to blow on all that is known. Joyce and I went gleaning uh, on Sunday, was it, Mm -hmm. to uh, pick just what's left of the cooking apples out there. And we found one or two. But what we found on one tree was a huge cooking apple and a branch with blossom on it next door to it, fully out Apple Blossom, October. And we looked at that and I I said to Joyce, this is the acceleration, the sower overtaking the reaper. Our ideas of how we do church and all that have just really got to go. It's no good trying to retain any of it. You'll see in a minute the way this word goes is there's a decisive choice that we have to make about which camp, if you like, we're going to follow. It rather follows the word that uh, Chris brought some couple of years ago where she talked about there being two streams of the church. And then for a while it would feel like there were two two opposing forces because those who were not in the, in the move of what the Spirit was doing would be very angry and against those who were. This is more gentle as you'll see as it goes on but nevertheless they're to- totally different things. At the start of this time I saw two pathways opening up before each child of God so none of us can get away with this. One was a flat path called known and the other was a steep and winding path called unknown. Along the first pathway were many words of man. The way ahead was from the beginning the way ahead from the beginning of this pathway seemed to be clear, with a clear destiny and destination. Many voices could be heard discussing the best way to walk along this pathway. Along the second pathway were many words of the Lord. The way ahead for this path twists and turns and it's only possible to see a short way ahead. One voice can be clearly heard amidst the stillness and relative silence along the path. I knew that both pathways were costly to build and walk on everywhere there were many places at which a toll must be paid in order to go on. In other words, no matter which path you're on you're very soon going to find yourself challenged by God before you can go further the starting point is the same for both paths they joined together at the beginning and it was possible to start with one foot on each path but then they widened sharply and the only way to make a step forward was to choose which path to take each path was diagonally opposed that's diagonally opposed isn't it and they're both disappearing off in opposite directions and it was almost impossible to see the other path once the first steps were taken each step on both paths paths required choices life choices relationship choices position and place choices once the first steps were taken there were no but well, there was no more opportunity to have a foot on both paths as one path is the way of human choices and the other one is the one of abandonment to the leading of the Holy Spirit. However, the Lord was present on both paths. He was close to all who were walking on each of the paths. Once a decision has been made and the path was taken, it was impossible to view the other path. This was the grace and mercy of God to avoid confusion and judgment among the people. So in other words, whichever path... You you have your back to each other, won't you? walking away from each other so we won't be able to see what the other one's doing or judge what they're doing because you'll be on your path that you've chosen. Grace and mercy. Mm -hmm. The known path will be for those who have faith to do great things for God. Those who take this path will find they get what they have faith for much success will be evident and the Lord will be present to speak wisdom to whoever will hear. Prophetic voices can be heard on this path and they are true voices. Those who have seen what the Lord wants to do and many of the saints on this path are courageous and confident in the Lord, eager to serve Him and willing to pay the price to see God's will done on earth. So they're not for slouches either, are they? The unknown path looks very different everyone on this path starts off on their faces empty of all confidence in their own ability these people have faith in God but have been brought to the end of their own strength all visions and dreams have become meaningless to them as they realise this is a new era and they have nothing in themselves to bring (coughs) excuse me Badges of success from the past, though valid and true, are irrelevant for the new path. Each one on this path is aware of great weakness in their own ability. They start to walk almost like they're crawling, almost flat on their faces, holding on to hope in the strength of Christ. Few voices can be heard at the start of this path, and there's only one prophetic voice to be heard at the beginning. It is a simple phrase repeated over the prostrate saints let him who has ears hear what the Spirit is saying. The two paths lay before us known and unknown the unknown where the Holy Spirit is totally in control the known where people work hard to serve the Lord. Both paths are populated with God's children The starting point for the unknown path is realisation, recognition and relinquishment of any vestige of self-reliance or expectation of ability to do anything in human strength. This starting point is not a choice it's a position. Where self is at an end personal bankruptcy, a crashing from self, weakness wretchedness, blindness and poverty of spirit, of self. Helpless but not hopeless. There's a stillness, a silence, not even sighs or sobs because these have gone. At this place, sighs are really too deep to be uttered. The last breath of confidence in self is expelled. Leadership on this path will be sacrificial to God and man it will be to release people. A new kind of church will emerge, built by the Spirit of God and populated by those who have to hear and see what the Spirit is saying and doing. Any other way will be untenable on this path. Badges of success gained before this point in time will be meaningless. Who has those? I ask myself. They will be a hindrance and a distraction, for it's not what's gone before that will count. It will be each step forward into God's purposes led by the Spirit. This is a new era. You can't read about it, learn about it, think about it or talk about it, for it's not like any time before. It requires a place and position of surrender to human plans of God's leading. Each path will be populated across the span of diversity in the Church, from Catholic, Orthodox expressions, through to Pentecostal and Charismatic, all coming together by the Spirit of God. This is the time for choices. Many people have been struggling in the last few weeks, unsure of what is happening and why they are feeling so unsettled. They know that something is about to change but are not seeing the way ahead. The next few months will be a time of significant choices. Even the smallest choice could have great significance. The choices will reflect the chosen path. Let us pray for right choices, courage and commitment. So what do you say after a word like that? Um, It's all about surrender. Um, We hang on to things that are so useless to us uh, so that we might direct and control our own lives. I think we need to do that. But The only way is total surrender because unsurrendered ground is where the enemy operates and you lose your peace. So the only sensible thing is, used to be a song didn't there, lay down your arms and surrender to mine, old one, (laughs) there you go, (laughs) Saturday morning pictures, it is an old one. So that's the only way, uh, is surrender or abandonment to the Spirit of God, let him have what he's asking for. Don't fight him for whatever it is he's asking you to give up right now. Because uh, like the story that Graham used to tell about his children, you know, when he wanted to give them a present, they'd go and look in the toy cupboard and he'd say, there's not enough room in here, you know, for what I want to give you. And uh, Seth and Ben, were not it, the two boys? let's say it was Seth, he was saying, I need to give you a present, and uh, and Ben would walk past the door and say, ask for a new cupboard. And uh, (laughs) Seth says, cupboard schmubbered, I don't want another cupboard, I want a bigger toy. And uh, so he talked very reasonably to the child and said, something's got to go, because I want to give you something bigger. And a few days later he heard this bumping coming down the stairs, he said, he's no slouch the kid was going to have a garage sale on the grass outside selling off his old toys so he could make room <laughs> for what dad wanted to give him and this is always the case with the spirit the holy spirit has got to remove something in us to make room for himself because two things can't occupy the same place so you can't be filled with the spirit and filled with yourself at the same time because the two are mutually incompatible And as uh, the Lord said to Bob Mumford, you you and I are incompatible, Bob, and I don't change. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or the other one was, if the Holy Spirit treads on your toes, move your feet. So it is so short-sighted not to move your feet because what happens is you get yourself in a cycle where God is resisting you. So if you're feeling the resistance somewhere, it could be God that is resisting you because you're not moving in the direction He wants you to move in. He resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. These things that we see in the scriptures actually mean what they say. He gives grace to the humble but resists the proud. You can have your own revival actually, you know, any day of the week because you have the Holy Spirit within you. You also have within you a well, your own internal well of anointing. In John it says, doesn't it, you have no need that anyone teach you because you've got the Holy Spirit within you. Some people say, well, that means we don't need teachers in the body of Christ. What it means is you have your own ability to turn within and have a look at what God has invested in you. and block your wells get the Rehoboth anointing and you know the Philistines filled up the wells that uh, was it Isaac had dug they, one of them the Isaac dug and they filled them all up and along comes his son and he has to mo- get the stones out to cause the wells to to spring forth so we've all got these wells and the, the purpose of them is that, that they might rise up flow up as Jesus said out of his belly Uh will flow, rivers, not just a trickle, but rivers of living water, for other people. But the rivers that we have internally are for other, other folks. They are the others might be watered. If we've only got a stagnant pool where we're not watering anybody else, we've got a stagnant pool going round and round on the same thing. So, God is, takes you up different steps and different levels and it's Him that takes you. You cannot determine when you move up to the next level. Um, and it's always to bring you deeper into His presence. And you come into the presence before there's any power in your life. You cannot look for the power in your life without the presence first. Because that's the way it goes. You come face to face with him. Uh, God has given me, I think, the titles for the next four uh, schools. And I think the first one is in the face of God and then it will be in the hands of God, uh, like the potter and the clay. I can't remember the other two now, but he's given me the four of them. But he is not linear in the way he thinks, doesn't start and end something everything starts with him as it says on this paper and ends with him. He takes you into a cycle with Jesus if you look at Jesus um, when he was baptized the spirit landed on him in bodily form the Lord spoke to him and said this is my son with whom I am well pleased he hadn't done a single thing at that point but he was pleasing sonship conferred on him and immediately the Spirit took him in to the wilderness, immediately. So you get a declaration of who you are, then you get distress, which is designed to develop. It's a cycle. And then finally you get demonstration. And we've had a little look at this one before. It's such a huge pile. These are cycles, Graham's teaching. And each cycle has got uh, worship, and surrender, and pleasure, and pain. And you go through those in each cycle. So if you're in the transformation cycle, you get the declaration, and then you get the distress. You get a prophetic word over your life, and then God shifts the scenery, and before you know where you are, you're in the desert and you've got distress but that's the time of development this is where the patience comes in patience is part of god's process with us we have to learn to allow the things that he's doing to work and bring forth patience i'm just looking at what i painted on the back of this fruit paged it years ago on well, a bit of board, and I'm looking at it and thinking that's a dirty great bunch of right. grapes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Lord you are amazing. So what we're heading for is a dirty great bunch of grapes. When did I do that? 91, give me a break. So there we have c- cycles, whoops, cycles pleasure and pain worship and surrender they're all part of it but you get stuck in the pain if you don't do the surrender and if you're yelling to get out when he's trying to teach you something you need to just sit still under the hand of God something happened this morning I can't remember what it was and I made a conscious decision to just worship the Lord I didn't know what I was going to give you this morning. Had no clue, and I thought I'm not going to fight this thing. I can't. I can't get something by jumping up and down and squeezing. Um, so I just began to worship him and tell him how I loved him and, and lo- how loved who he was. And uh, like Graham said, the hand of kindness came towards me. He just spoke to me. And I said to him, I didn't even ask the question. I didn't even ask you the question. And he said, it was because you didn't ask that I answered what your question was. (laughs) Because I chose not to fret and fume and worry about it, but to just rest in the consistent nature of God, as Graham would say. That word has just come fresh to me in the last couple of days. You know, with prophetic words like that from Graham Cook, you can hear them, I don't know about you, you can hear them and hear them and hear them and they're actually not becoming flesh on you. And then suddenly it's experiential and you're living the thing. So I saw the hand of kindness come towards me this morning. You have to get your spiritual eyes open to recognise the kindness of God. Because you might be looking for something coming over here. Gimme, 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 and he hands you something here. I don't want, I want this? That's our demanding nature. I want. I want this is what I'm asking for. Um, I think Amanda said it at breakfast time. God says, "I love you," and you say, "Yeah, I know about that." But <laughs> what about sounds? Sounds so, like so, you know. I can remember doing that myself in the bedroom. The Lord was saying to me, "I love you, bro," and I'm saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." But uh, actually, what I need, <laughs> I love you, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, and this conversation sort of went on, and I'm suddenly thinking, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Just, just stop your demanding. Just stop it. Got to s- learn to still this thing up here. Shut it up." because it's in the other side, it's old peanut here it's carnal, it's fleshly and it can be demonic it's the old nature, the old man, the old Adam it's the Eros snake that none of us want to look at Uh, it's selfish and soulish and it's darkened in its understanding that's the biggest thing is that it is darkened in its understanding it's like having a, a bag over your head when you come into the transformation of your mind you see things so differently but you cannot see them with that bag over your head because you're referring to the old nature so you can only see things through the glasses of the old nature the fall is so real that we cannot, God does not revamp the old there's nothing good in it, it's got to go, it's got to die that's why surrender is so important you end up double-minded. Because where your mind goes, man goes, as they say. There's a lovely set of tapes of Joyce Mayer's, where man's mind goes, man goes. Because it's true, what you think about is where you go. That's why I'm always on about focus. What are you focusing on? What's your object? Where are you pulling yourself towards? If it isn't Jesus, you've got a wrong focus. You're out of focus. And so you're going to find frustration in your life because you're trying to pull yourself towards the wrong thing. And he's going to make sure you don't get there. Because the only thing he's going to let you get to is the nature of God. So that you're resting in the consistent nature of God. And that is where the patience comes in. You allow the process of God to work it in you. Doesn't mean you get it right all the time. I had a couple of sorely testing moments this morning, didn't get it right, probably blew it badly. But that's okay. I just brought myself to peace. I'll address those issues later and find out what the Lord wants to do about it. Everything is being referred to him. Wonder which pathway I'm on. You you can ask yourself, Father, or ask him, which path am I on? Have I got a chance to change path? Because I want to be on the other one. For myself, I don't want to be on the pathway where there's all man's conflicting views and ideas because there's a lot of it out there in the Christian world. And as as I'm always saying to you, you know, there's so many streams, so many ideas, so many beliefs and they are not based on the Word of God. You know, simple things. Uh, the Ebenezer thing we were talking about the other day that this thing that we're doing is so big that God will have to look down and think well it's time I intervened that's the thinking behind the Ebenezer project that God is now actually uncovering and saying ahem ahem if anyone's going to bring my people back it's going to be me and I should just go and they'll come back Because again, because of a lack of understanding of the scriptures, they're bringing the people back for judgment. I don't actually want to support someone who's carting Jews back to their homeland, or part of their homeland. Just the minutest part, it's actually the tribal land. As I was talking to to David about it the other day, I said, what they're bringing them back to is the tribal land, and it's not even all that because the promised land is huge and they never actually accomplished getting all of it. You can liken that to your Christian walk I want to possess the land Mm -hmm. that God has given me I do not want a portion that is my tribal land I want the whole of the promised land and that is my interior territory here that I've got to win back from my old Adamic nature I'm not going to live under the power of the old nature. I will not dwell there. I'm not going to stay there. That's my personal choice. Because I know what it's like to live in goodness, kindness, peace, joy, patience. I know the quality of life that I have when I make the choice to live in the new and not in the old. When I make the choice to let my pear grow to a nice big fat pear rather than three shriveled up little doodlits on a stalk so you get to choose either way you're going to be in the same cycle technology He's the beginning and the end the alpha and the omega we can't get away from it once we get into God's loop we're in it and we can stay in the distress part of the cycle without recognizing that he's working towards development and demonstration for as long as we like there are various cycles that's the cycle of transformation there's the cycle of anointing um, where you have a visitation of God like you've had with Toronto and again you, you get this tremendous outpouring uh, and then into the desert you go and hiddenness and that is where your internal anointing grows where your still or sparkling water your well gets filled up I want to have a well that is full of still and sparkling water and anyone can come and drink at any time. at the end of the day the sum of the whole is only as powerful as the as the individual when we get together as a church And we all bring our little lights together. The light that we bring corporately will be determined by the light that we have won personally. We can all come with 40 watt bulbs or we can all come with 100 watt bulbs. We get to choose. Because we all have equal opportunity in God through our choices. And He cannot do through you what well, he hasn't been able to do in you he won't let you loose with his beloved sheep until he's been able to do it in you and then he can do it through you so a visitation of god which is the anointing cycle produces desire in you he puts that desire for himself in you you didn't gener- it you didn't generate it So you desire him, and then he takes you into the desert and uh, disciplines you. And when discipline and and, uh, desire get married, they produce delight. So you end up, he starts with his delight in you and end up with your delight in him. The whole thing comes back. To the delight of god in you he is delighted with you he's really not bothered about whether you're going to move or not that's your choice he'll love you just as much if you don't move the only loser will be you because you will stand on the sidelines and see people doing things that you wished you could do but you didn't make the choice you maybe hung about too long and when he said, "Put your foot over the side of the boat," you hesitated and didn't go. Choices, as I said, every level we go up to will require us to go deeper in faith and deeper in all the fruit of the Spirit. It just keeps going on. Those tests, the, big, the bigger devil on the on the level. It's going to be a continuum till Jesus comes. So each cycle has got its point of surrender and its point of worship. Pleasure and pain. Achievement and suffering. Weakness and power. Can't trust you with his power till you're totally weak. That's why Paul says, you know, I most gladly therefore will I rejoice in the fact that I absolutely can't do diddly squat that the power of Christ might rest upon me. I think this is the nature of the change that is coming, though I wouldn't hardly dare say it, that there are going to be those who are going to be so abandoned to God that you'll actually see the power of God. Because you don't see that without the abandonment. You can't give the power without the presence. It's intimacy. Always intimacy. Out of intimacy comes everything. And we learn, as Graham says, to anticipate his touch. Maybe that's what I was doing this morning. I decided I just was not going to fret about the fact that I've got nothing to say. It's quite a responsibility to have to come up with something every time you see people on a Wednesday. But most often he'll give it to me five minutes before I come down and this morning I didn't think I was going to get anything. So I wasn't bothered. Is my face bothered? do I look bothered (laughs) so process is going to require us to develop the patience the fruit of patience and it's patience with God in this process because we always want hurry 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 oh God hurry up I want this when you get it you want the next thing something arrested me last night that he is your Lord and you are his possession. That's the place you come to, you recognize that he is your Lord and you are his possession. You didn't have any choice before. You were Satan's possession and you were his puppet and you might have thought you were making the choices but you weren't. He was just tempting you into first this way and then that way. Then another way to satisfy the serpent inside. But now we're brought into the place of having a real choice to be able to make, and it's always life or death. Because if you conform to the pattern of this world, you're you're ministering death to yourself and those around you. But if you are renewed and transformed and metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind and you're walking in the fruit of the spirit because it's the spirit's life being manifested through you it's life you can always tell as I've said before when you're talking to someone who's dragging the life out of you or is putting life into you you might be uh, set back on your heels a bit but you can always tell the difference between whether you're getting life or death, whether what the person is saying is coming out of their spirit man or whether it's coming out of their flesh. Whether it's pointing to them, like I said that, I think it was Bob Muffer's book, this man has spent 20 minutes talking about himself and his ministry and then he suddenly said to the other man that he was talking to, I'm so sorry, I've been talking about nothing but myself. What did you think of my new book? I mean, it just about absolutely says it, doesn't it? We are self-referential, we can't help it. But there is change on the way, and we can be different. We can be renewed. We can. We can have this thing. And we do it by grace. i my tissue. I was going to use my tissue this morning. Leneve said, do keep doing that, she said. I like that. This is Bob Mumford's work. This is us, and this is our robe of righteousness that Jesus places over us at the point of conversion. And I said, to Joyce, we're a bit like a couple of boxers under a blanket, then it starts, doesn't it? <laughs> and the argument starts to go on as God starts to try to work the righteousness in, and there's a lot of kicking up but the blanket goes on <laughs> as we're all arguing the topic. And he gradually gets a bit more in, and there's a lot of kicking and screaming going on, but gradually. To the extent that we're led him, he works in the righteousness that is imputed to us and it starts to come out so that when it's white and clean and bright and not black and sticky and sludgy and ugly because the righteousness of God is being worked in and the fruit of the Spirit is coming out of us. We've got to learn to be instructed by the Holy Spirit. As uh, Graham says on one of his things, it's like Tigger to him, he says. He bounces into the room and says, uh, he's always optimistic, what are we doing today then? And whatever it is, it's his specialty. I'm good at that. I can do that. Tell him I'm a genius. (laughs) Absolutely. He told me to say that. He says, tell him I'm a genius. and he is. is it absolute? we need never be at a loss in any situation but the key is to sink into his rest which is what I did this morning beginning to learn getting it taught after 10 years it's going in the ears and sinking down it takes time it really does and you need that revelation of God so that you can put it into practice ah! Light bulb goes on. Absolutely incredible. Good prayer, uh, Ephesians 3, 1, 17, I think it is. That he might give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I prayed that for months. Months and months and months. Because that's what I wanted, a knowledge of him. Because the whole of the Bible is his revelation of himself to mankind. From Genesis to revelation of Jesus it is the revelation of God of who he is. And right now the time we're in is he can't wait to show you who he is because he's so magnificent. He wants you to know that if you look at him all my troubles Lord over. Doesn't matter what situation you are in he is the answer, He is the provision, not people, because I think it's Andrew Murray, isn't it? It says, cease putting the least trust into anyone to give to to, to provide for you. I don't think it's in this one. I think it's in waiting on God. Um, cease looking to anybody to give you what you're looking for in any situation. And He says, uh, What what's the matter with you? Have you not God? We have lost in this, in this, in this time, the majesty and the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have lost it. We puddle along like chickens, you know, scratching around in the grit instead of soaring like eagles. We 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 can quote these things. I'm soaring on eagle's wings and all this stuff, but nine to five, we're actually scratching and pecking, aren't we? scratching and pecking scratching ourselves and pecking our people <laughs> <laughs> ah, dear oh dear we don't want to be those turkeys do we that we're very eating turkeys so we don't talk to the acorn eating turkeys either way we don't take ourselves off the ground Either way, it's Christmas and we're stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you know that story of turkeys and eagles? There was this uh, story, I can't remember, because Steve Hebden had my book. Steve, if you hear this CD, I know you've got my book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was about this these two little birds that were um, taken under the wing of this crop of eagles, (laughs) not eagles, turkeys, I can't think of what you'd call a gaggle of turkeys, a group, a gobble a gobble of turkeys, thank you, that would be a good collective (laughs) good collective noun, a gobble of turkeys and these turkeys were teaching these young birds every day how to gobble and how to eat acorns because they were acorn eating turkeys, they were not berry eating turkeys and this two birds they found it so hard to gobble they couldn't get the gobble right at all kept trying to gobble 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 they couldn't do it and one day in in absolute distress this one of them the bigger one of the two just wandered to the outside of the gobble of turkeys (laughs) onto the outside edge and stood there looking into the distance and thinking you know I don't think I was made for this and he looks up and he sees this bird soaring away up there, and he thinks to himself, something in him stirred. (laughs) So he took a little run at it, (laughs) opened his wings (laughs) and found that he was an eagle, (laughs) and the turkeys had been trying like good turkeys to teach him to gobble and to eat acorns. So, if you're in a gathering where they're teaching you to eat acorns and gobble, come out quick, because you're an eagle. <laughs> uh, oh, you can alternatively go in and say, do you eat acorns or berries? Which type of turkey are you <laughs> in this goodness, church? <laughs> Being very naughty this morning. <laughs> For me, I want to be, I want to be, and eagles do not flock. <coughs> mm they don't flock and when there's a storm they just wait on the rock until the storm hits and they screech and they rise up and use the storm to take them up they don't go under it they rise up so we looked at it didn't we a couple of weeks ago about those who wait on the lord will be like eagles they were waiting for their pinion feathers to grow so we're waiting, aren't we, for our pinions to grow so that we can rise up, not like, so that we can become a berry-eating turkle, Tur- turkey, turkle, turkle. turkle. and <laughs> join another turkle. That's a mixture between a gobble, a think. Go- <laughs> 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 Big time I <are> stopped. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mixture between a gobble and a turkey. A turkle. <laughs> Whatever it was whatever it was oh dear oh dear oh dear Lord help us his grace is sufficient oh dear rise up rise up rise up oh man of God I've done with lesser things I'm looking for the men they're singularly thin on the ground poor souls are out there scratching and pecking ground to scratch eggs to lay that's what it is anyway we'll finish there <laughs> Father thank you Oh, Father, thank you. Uh, take these stammering lips as it says somewhere and make some sense of it, Father, oh, please. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.